My name is Jerry Sue, and uh, I'm a photographer and art director, and I guess uh, I skateboard too. <laughs> I like that intro. I, you know, it's funny. I have a question like way down here of uh, artist first or skater first for Jerry Sue, but seems like maybe artist first. Uh, well, I mean, like, <laughs> well, it used to be the other way around, but like, I don't know if. Uh, I really qualify as like skate skateboard. I mean, like as I was just kind of thought of it in terms of like, you know, what I do the most um, yeah. and I don't really skate the most anymore. And it's sort of like, I love skating and like, I guess I still could be considered a, a professional skater, but like, I don't know. I just sort of, I sort of err on the side of caution. So I just kind of like say, I don't know. It, it's just whatever comes to me. I don't know. It's it's weird. People ask me a lot about that. Like, oh, are you still a pro skater? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, when I was when I interviewed Ryan, even he was like, yeah, Jerry doesn't have a board right now, and uh, I don't know, like, if he's if he's gonna do that. Uh, but I thought that that was funny. Yeah, it's funny because like at this point, like, do I like give myself a board? I mean, I am already made it, but, and like, it's like being made and stuff, but, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always, we always used to joke about that when we were younger, when we were like, you know, we were just like cocky young pro skaters, just like, oh, like if, if worse comes to worse, you just start your own company and keep yourself pro or turn yourself pro or whatever. And that's like, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah. I, th I think I remember hearing. I think the brand might have been 101, but like Nyjah Houston's father like started him his own brand just to turn him pro or something. And I, when I, I remember hearing that and being blown away. Yeah, I mean, it used to happen all the time. Like whatever, like uh, dudes would struggle with their sponsors and, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, they would just like kind of start their own shit and just like keep, keep the, like keep riding the wave. But, uh, you know, whatever, do what you got to do. There's nothing, no, there, I guess there was some shame in that game, but you know, it's, it's 50, 50. Sometimes people just like want to do their own thing. And then, but then some people look a little bit desperate. I feel like that Niger thing. Yeah. Like that was probably all his dad, like just being like yeah, kind of a absolutely. psycho. Absolutely. Yeah. Now that you've kind of like, I guess, stepped away from like the sponsored skate scene, have you had time to like process those years and those memories? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, uh, it's been like a few years where I just kind of like stopped being sponsored. Um, and yeah, it's nice. It's like, I, I will say, uh, my, my appreciation for skating has changed, um, for the better. And, uh, my appreciation for my years as a pro skater is like, has grown, but it's also like mixed. I also have like mixed feelings about it because like, you know, like, uh, good and bad stuff happens as a pro skater and you know a lot of people who aren't um who don't experience it it's difficult for them to maybe like see how negative it can be because they they, they kind of only see how positive it, it is it's kind of like oh like how why are you they try to they try to like console you by saying like oh maybe you shouldn't complain because like you got it so good and that that was always like it's so funny like i i think like when I talk to other pro skaters, it's like, oh, like some things we can't really talk about with people who like don't do it because what we do seems so awesome, like 24 seven. It's like very niche in that way. 
Yeah, it's like it's kind of like how when you see like a celebrity or something complaining about something, you're like, oh, like, like you're so rich and famous, yeah, like, and, and, and and yeah, like how can you complain about that? And like, I understand that because like, uh, not that we are like we're on that level or anything, but I know what it's like to not be able to say certain things in front of certain people because they're just like, oh, like you skate for a living, like that's so awesome. Um, Right. And I can't, re I can't relate to your problems. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I remember, um, when I was in high school, like one of the only videos I had saved to my computer was like the B sides of your state gold part and getting older and watching it though. I was like, this man might've actually been psychologically losing it skating every time he went to skate. But as a kid, I was like, this looks so awesome. Like, he doesn't get, care. <laughs> you know, he doesn't care yeah. about anything. Like he just wants to land the trick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of like a screamer. Um, that's kind <laughs> of like, <laughs> I was also under a lot of pressure during that video, so I was like kind of like extra kind of, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, skating does kind. Of, I, I think like if you if you're someone who like tries really hard and wants to. Um, sort of push themselves I think like yeah you do become um you do become kind of like damaged psychologically from skating because it is a it is such a complicated and like um untamable thing to like because being consistent every day uh is so hard as a skater especially on that level so it's like it's so frustrating like because you're different every day um and you know, you're kind of, you're, you're really pushing yourself to do something like push yourself to reach this level. And, um, for me, uh, yeah, it was just like, I was going, I was always going through like a lot of, uh, like sort of like internal trauma, trying to, trying to film those parts. And it was also just a part of the time too, you know, like skating during those years, uh, you know, it was a little bit more like it was a little bit more like daredevil -y, so yeah spot selection it, is different for sure spot selection trick selection what was acceptable all that stuff like mm -hmm. it was uh not a you know now it's there's you have a, you have a, like sort of a lot you have more choices in in like things you can do to um be accepted and appreciated but back then it's like the those options were a little more slim so yeah and plus it was just the way i grew up and it was the style of skating that i grew up skating so filming for state gold was awful like it was awesome but it was like also very like physically and mentally um kind of terrible was it just like post bag of suck you like put a lot of personal pressure on yourself state gold was particularly like there was definitely like a time after bag of suck that i had to like sort of step away from skating i think i like just didn't skate for six months after that because okay. um Cause I was like, I don't know. Uh, it was just, I was just kind of like depressed after that. And, uh, I didn't skate for a long time. And then I got on America and I had to get a knee. Sur I've told this story a lot, but like I had to get this like very insane knee surgery. And so it was like an eight month recovery, which is like very, very long. And, um, suddenly I was on a team with like Heath Kirchard and Andrew Reynolds and like all these people that you know, I knew we're going to, they were really, you know, this was going to be a big video and I was injured like, um, to a point where skating seemed impossible. 
And so, I mean, I've told this story a lot, but like, that's why it's, there's, there's really only, I think there's only like 15 tricks in that video part. And that's the reason that they're all just like switch is because of the knee. Like I couldn't, I literally just couldn't skate regularly. Like I couldn't pop, I couldn't pop off my back knee. So, uh, and that's also why there's so many slams is because like we would, you know, we would be like in Paris at some like hub or whatever. And I, I couldn't warm up, you know, like I'd have to warm up switch if I had to warm up at all. And it was really just like, okay, we're here. I have to try to do this. And that's so that's, <laughs> that's kind of like why, uh, the, the video part is the way it, that it is. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like at, at a certain point, um, that you could totally resent that and need time away. So that definitely makes sense. Yeah. There, there was just, I mean, the combination of like, you know, external and internal pressures, uh, you know, and, and my personality, like those, all those things combined and also the way it's edited, like the way that John Minor decided to edit it and, you know, to start with all that and then to end with, all, with, you know, how it's done, how there's like this, like, kind of like, <laughs> there's like this drama, this melodrama to it. Mm -hmm. um, but that was like good because it, I don't know, like people still talk about it to me. So I guess it worked. It definitely had an effect. <laughs> Do you have like a, like a favorite trip or like a favorite, a favorite era? Like when you reflect back, like on your skate career? I don't know if I'd have a, I would say I have any favorites, but I mean, it, it, they're all like these different phases and they were all, they all have their own like qualities and charm. But uh, there was like uh, definitely like, you know, the bag of suck years. Those were like 02, 03, 04. And then like, that was really fun. And um, also there was, there was a lot of years where we were doing a lot of like skateboarder trips where, um, you know, like, John Marrying or whoever would, you know, organize uh, like a trip with like Kenny and like Javier and like all of these like random people to go somewhere really crazy. Like those were also really fun years. Those were like kind of like more low pressure, like really fun, like adventure skate trips, which awesome, yeah. um, those were really fun too. And, you know, I mean, they, pretty much it was all good. Like, um, you know, in the beginning, it was so like awesome. Like I was, I remember like being 15, going on a, my first cross country tour with uh, Maple, like all that stuff. It, it was, uh, I look back on it pretty fondly. Glad to hear it. I th I'm sure like in certain moments, like being in it and at the time, like it's frustrating, but then looking back, you're like, damn, I got to I mean, do that. Like, it's I mean, yeah. There, I mean, there were aspects of a lot of those tours that were, you know, totally um just gross to me like i didn't li like you know like we would sometimes we would do like these zoomies tours where we'd have to like sign autographs for three or four hours and you know just shit like that it, yeah. that stuff sucked because like it's not that i didn't want to interact with fans that was like totally cool but it was just like i just felt like oh like i don't know us sitting behind a table like and signing autographs and it just felt kind of silly to me. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It, it was really weird. Like, you know, like there were some tours that we were on with like Rodney Mullen and he was so famous from the, the round three videos and, or the whatever, and the versus videos and then the video game. And, you know, sometimes we'd have like five hour, uh, like autograph signings cause Rodney was there. And that was like, those were like so unbearable sometimes. It seems like I mean, just like like anti skating 
at that point. Like the the idea of yeah going to a yeah, growing up to get autographs <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, like like trying to make skating like you know like a like a mainstream sport was kind of funny. Like because you know when I grew up, skating was I grew up skating in a time where it it was uh, not popular. So the way that I sort of experienced uh, skateboarding was so different than where I had found where I found myself. Um, and I'm not complaining though, like, because like when skateboarding was that at that level, like, you know, I was definitely like, um, you know, I was doing really well and everything was fine, but there were aspects that just were kind of like, Oh, like this doesn't really feel good. And this doesn't really feel like what I want to do, but whatever. It's like, it's work. Like you just have to mm -hmm. do some, some bullshit sometimes. Yeah. Like almost like, um, your photography, which I feel like has like consistently seemed to coincide with this skating was almost more your like passion project or the thing that you tapped into and maybe skating was the work. Um, what do you, what do you think uh, like sparked your love for the subject matter that you typically shoot? That's difficult to answer. I would just say that like uh, I was, I mean, I was introduced to photography through, my friends who are photographers, but also just people like, you know, like, like Ed Templeton and like the things that they were doing and the people, the people that he was influenced by. Um, it just sort of like, basically Ed was a huge, um, ins like inspiration to me because, you know, it kind of showed me that, Oh, you, you like, you don't really need to just be a skater. You can like, you, you have all this time and, and, right. and all these resources to sort of explore other, um, you know, creative things. And I just liked his style of artwork. And um, uh, also, like, I just sort of, I just sort of uh, see the world in this way where, like, it's, I mean, I hate talking about my work, but um, I don't really know how to answer that question. It's That's just okay. sort of, it's just kind of like how, it's, yeah, it's just kind of like how I see everything. Uh, everything's pretty dark out there, but it's also kind of funny and yeah. it's also really sweet, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, we live in like a pretty, pretty fucked up place. You're one of my favorite photographers and I feel like you are really good at capturing like, like North American Western like society, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it always felt like your images were as if you were undercover and I really liked that. Like you were, not afraid to take photos so close to just the absurd things that you would see. Um, and there would be like intricacies within those, like little signs that would be the absurdity at times. And I just didn't know if you like have things that you look for. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like we, <laughs> I mean, there's, well, there's like kind of a, um, well, there's, there's kind of a distinction like between like, Cause there's like two types of work that I do. There's like, there's like the cell phone stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a more like personal stuff. And I haven't really shown too much of the personal film stuff. I like kind of let it eke out here and there, but the cell phone stuff is easier to talk about because that, that stuff is more like, a, it's not a critique, but it's just sort of like an observation about like this weird, like, you know, like this weird, like capitalist Western world that I live in where like, there's, you know, there's sort of like, uh, 
there are like a lot of unintentional mistakes and everything. There's a lot of like uh, a lack of sincerity that's everywhere. And um, I don't know, that's just stuff that I see and I like. And um, I don't know, the, the cell phone stuff is is actually, it's it's kind of like my more like casual everyday artwork. And um, yeah, it's kind of just mostly about how like, how absurd like small things can be if you kind of just like stare at it for just like a couple more seconds. Right, right. And it's interesting that, cause I mean, for me, yeah, it might be cell phone work, but some of those images are amazing. Like uh, just because it's not done with a film camera or even if it's snapped real quickly, uh, the fact that it's taken so naturally in those moments, uh, like captures that in quotes absurdity like very well and wholesomely <laughs> thanks yeah it's uh i mean like just the fact that like uh like it all, that all that that all started because of our ability to share images with our phones and um like uh i started i started archiving taking those photos well i started taking those those pictures because like a lot of them were just sort of like oh like i think um I think this person would enjoy this or think this was funny. So mm. I would send it. There were a lot, a lot of them were just like personal uh, jokes or sort of um, observations that I felt like one person would, one or two people would enjoy. And then, but I started archiving them and it started becoming like, you know, an everyday practice to just kind of like uh, save them and, and whatever. Yeah. I got kind of lost there, but, <laughs> but yeah, like that's, that's kind of like how, like it's ubiquitous now, like everyone, does this but like yes in like 2004 or five when i probably like five when i started uh doing this i felt like you know it not many people were you know taking it that seriously but i just sort of felt like oh like i feel like this might be um something that's important to me later so um that's kind of like why that stuff exists and that's kind of like why i still continue to do it is that the reason also you decided to kind of pivot the Tumblr photos to like perfect bound books? Um, well, I've always like, I mean, like being, I think being a photographer, I've always wanted to make books and scenes and stuff and like, you know, show my stuff. But uh, yeah, I felt like the journey of those images would be, um, I don't know. I think like the, the, the end I always felt like would be, would be a book because it's sort of like sort of the you know like as a photographer that's kind of like where where the the journey kind of ends with with the stuff and plus i just plus i just wanted to edit them and and see them all and like you know uh i wanted to see what it looked like when it was edited because on the tumblr it's, it wasn't edited it was just sort of chronological and it was just sort of like here's here's a, here's some stuff i saw today this week this month whatever and but with a book it was cool because like you know once i once i gathered all the images like there were just like thousands of images and once i started editing them and putting them into like series uh and and i could see that there were like almost like there was so many more themes that i didn't notice before um so it was nice to be able to put them all together in a book and like have sort of a, a narrative that was cool because I didn't ever see them all in one place before. It was just all just like all uploaded today or like, um, it, you know what I mean? So that was very, that was pretty satisfying actually. Yeah. Also, um, 
being able to flip through it is just nice as like um, a consumer, but also someone that likes the art. Cause like, you know, scroll down, click next, scroll down, click next. Like it, there's a, it, it's so much different. I feel like um, just uh, flipping through. And then also, yeah, you had them. Like, I remember, I think there was one for, I have the book, but it's in the city. Uh, I have like a memory of the four quadrant of like haircuts or something. There's like, specific uh pages where you fan it out and they're like like you said kind of a series and i i like that aspect of it yeah there's like you know there's there are sections where it's like self-portraits there are sections where it's just kind of like word humor you know there's a lot of word humor where you know where signs are are made incorrectly or they're Mm -hmm. they're they have this like they have this sort of like immigrant quality sometimes like the english is broken uh, there's, you know, it's just sort of like this, like, um, there's so much hilarious inefficiency everywhere. And there's, there's a lot of that in the book. Um, but there's also like this really personal stuff too. There's just really like, um, there, there was so much in there that I didn't see before. And it was also really cool working with an editor, like a professional photography book editor who could also, helped me look at all the work in a different way. Like we argued a lot about um, what should go in and what shouldn't and why something mattered, why something didn't matter. Because I, I think like as a, as a photographer, you sort of, you become so emotionally attached to certain things, but they just don't work in a, right. in a certain sequence. So it was nice to like learn about editing and while, while making that book, because um, I think a lot of things, a lot of like a big problem that, um, photographers have is they they think they can edit their own work like perfectly which i've i've found that i can't do i need like other eyes on it to kind of show me if i'm making any mistakes right that does seem difficult though because for the photographer you probably see it a certain way in your eyes and then someone coming in uh you might not want them to tweak things or say that things are there so that seems like it could be could be frustrating, I guess. Yeah. I understand why photographers uh, may not like that. Yeah, but like it can be frustrating, but it can it also it's also like educating and a part of like growth because like I um, it's good to challenge yourself and to like challenge your sort of opinions about your especially about your own work because it's uh, <laughs> it's so easy to sort of think that you know what's best for your work at like a absolute level um and it's always nice to be like a little bit humble about it like definitely like there were things that i fought for and i was just like oh like there's no way that you're right about this and that's where it ends but um it's it's just good to hear it's just good to be challenged about your own work because you can become just too emotional about it and that's like that's i think that's bad for in any in any creative realm like um i mean sometimes it's good sure like sometimes like you know as an artist like you don't take shit from anyone and that's it works but for me i realized that like yeah like it's it's better to at least be challenged a little bit and consider whether it's true for you or not yeah that makes sense i mean even for me with the with this podcast like uh criticism is hard because it's just the vulnerability that you put into it. It's not the same as like, I do other things I care about, but something about a creative outlet as the vulnerability 
if someone's harsh, I'm like, oh, like, you don't know how much effort I put into this, like, how much I actually care about this. Like, vulnerability is really tough with creative work. Of course, yeah. I mean, like, that extends to anything that you make that you put out there, whether it's like skating or artwork or whatever, music. Like, I mean, you you need to be able to, like, withstand um, criticism and you, and you even need to be able to withstand like uh, like you know just kind of like um, even when someone doesn't even have a point if they're or a valid point if they're criticizing what you do it it will hurt I think like the slap message board started and I like wandered on there and like this is like at the very beginning of everything where like you you couldn't ever you, you there was no way at that time for you to like see what like everybody thought about you and so I remember reading, you know, like, it'd be like, oh, that's nice, positive, positive, positive. And then you reach one that's, like, extremely negative. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like the first time you've ever experienced, like, such a, like, uh, such a, like, a, like, a, like, they're, like, they're, like, stabbing you. And even if you don't agree with them or no one agrees with them, just the fact that someone said that and it's, like, about you and kind of to you, that was, like, so painful and I remember thinking like, wow, like, I, I, I can't believe that people like kind of hate me or they hate the way I skate and all this stuff. But that's, but that's good. Like in the end that it, it teaches you how to kind of deal with that because not everyone's going to like what you do. And it's important for you to kind of like experience that pain because if you can't, if you can't, if you're not able to endure that and you can't take it, then like, I mean, you're just not going to be able to hack it in this world. Like, especially making stuff like you can make stuff and never show it to anybody, but mm-hmm. like, uh, definitely like experiencing, uh, like, um, negative comments, uh, is it's good and bad for you. It's definitely like, it, it can definitely get to a point where it's like completely just harmful and like psychologically so traumatic, but um for me it never really got that bad like but you know even to this day like if i see something that someone says about me um whether it's like about skating or artwork um yeah it still like hurts and i still think about it i'll like think about it for like three or four days sometimes because i just can't help it because there's there's always a way for you to kind of like you know rationalize like that that isn't true or like whatever but if it sometimes it is true and you or it is true to you and um yeah it's it, it's very painful but one thing i will say about that is like you cannot let it affect how you make things because um at that point you're just letting you know you're just letting some random person for like and whatever their reasons are uh you know they could be so just um it could just be so random, but if it like, if you let it like affect what you do, like if it, if it stops you from making things like that's a huge problem. Um, and I've de- definitely, when I was young, I, I, you know, like, you know, people would like say that my style sucked or whatever. And I would kind of like, I, I like couldn't skate. I was like trying to like change the way I skated because I was like, Oh, like people don't like this. People think it's disgusting. And, <laughs> but I, you know, you get over that and you realize like, oh, you can't change the way you skate. That's just the way you skate. And you're just going to have to like, um, you know, 
and that's also it's ridiculous to like i said before like you can't let you can't let um people influence you in that way that's it's it's impossible to live like that yeah i think what helped a lot for me is like harnessing uh trying like trying to harness why i made things like why i made the podcast and i realized i i was making it for myself like in reality it of course is for other people like i want it to be thing a thing other people hear but i wasn't making making it for other people's approval so the fact that i was letting that affect me so much like i tried to rework that and take it in stride but like you said it it lingers like there's no way around that really because there's still real people that have the wherewithal to say that to you or something yeah i mean like you yeah you just you, you, i mean that is a that's a good practice like you, you do need to kind of just like remember why you do it instead of letting people try to like tell you what to do um, or how to do something um and usually you know like it's funny because like a lot of sometimes people people have like a lot of different reasons when they when they post that kind of stuff like um because sometimes like like i've like responded to people before which is something like you kind of shouldn't do but like mm -hmm. sometimes you respond and they're like so nice to you they're like completely yeah, 180 on everything and they were like oh bro like yeah there's like oh bro i was just I was drunk last night or I was just, yeah, yeah. Uh, or sometimes they just want, they want attention. They just, mm -hmm. they just, you know, they want to provoke you. And so that's another way to kind of like see it as like, um, these aren't like, these aren't like professional people who are like critiquing you, you know, they're just like, they're just someone who has access to the internet. So it's just something you need to remember and something you need to be able to deal with. Do you have, um, do you have interest in doing like a solo show? I'm sort of more like a book guy. I don't like mm -hmm. doing shows is, is cool. And it's like really awesome. But like, I've sort of like been completely um, inactive and in trying to pursue that kind of stuff because like, I kind of want to concentrate on books and like also like doing shows is, uh, you know, it's very expensive and it's very, you know, like people don't really like buy photographs. So like to like, you know, right. to, 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 to spend all that money into all that effort, um, it's sort of unappealing, but not that I don't want to do it. I would love to just do shows, but uh, right now it's sort of like I'm more in like a, a book mode, like, you know, creating, creating books is kind of like more what I'm, uh, what I'm interested in right now. I want to see your difference in experience between, you know, you, you go from a book, um, like a perfect bound book that you make, and then you transition to going into like doing a zine of like Gothic blowjob, like, how is that like going zine to perfect bound book and um, stuff like that? Like, how do you decide which gets the cut or something almost of getting that book title? For me, like uh, a book is something that's, that is sort of, that is such a larger sort of emotionally draining challenge to actually, it's like, you know, it's like making a video part, you know, it's like, it's, 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 it's some, like, it's something that's, uh, something that you should, you know, use a lot of care in doing. And, and sometimes like, I don't want to do that. You know, sometimes, sometimes I think like, oh, like I can, I can make a sequence of images and just put it in like a little homemade scene. And that's, that's how, that's what I'm going to do today. You know, like, uh, mm. 
for me, for me making books is, um, you know, it's very important. So I take a lot more time and care doing that. But with a zine, I can kind of just like, you know, I can lay it out on my computer in a couple of days. I can print it out on my laser printer and, you know, I can, I can just put that out. I don't, you know, like, uh, there is a big difference, you know, like between just like, you know, making like a little zine with like 16 images versus, um, like a 200 page book. Like that's, uh, you know, sometimes I just don't, sometimes I'm like, you know, I've been working on these books for a long time. And like, sometimes I just want to put something out. I just want to like make something and show stuff. And like, I can just make a zine in a couple of days. Like, cool. I'll do that. You know? And you do the zines all by yourself. Uh, not always not always like some sometimes sometimes like a, a publisher like a small publisher will approach me and, and just be like oh like you know like let's make a zine together and if i like what they do then i'll be like yeah let's do it let's make a little zine and you know um but this the gothic blowjob one i made at home is just like i just i print them out on my printer at home and then i staple them and that's it uh, that's why there. That's why there aren't that many. That's why, like you know, people are like, you know, where can I fucking buy this thing? And I'm right, like, well, it's sold out. Yeah, like I, I only make like twenty at a time, and then I'll make twenty more, and then I'll, you know, and then like I put them on the sci-fi website. You know, I made a pretty good amount, but like uh, it wasn't really enough because people are just like, fuck, like, you know, they want it, but I, I can't. I can only make so many. <laughs> myself were you were you you making zines and stuff like that like learning to do that process on your own like while you were still skating or is this more of like a recent to do it on your own no i mean i was like i was making things when i was younger and like you know when i was probably like early 20s um you know like sometimes like say like patrick odell would come stay with me and you know we'd be like oh like let's make a zine so we just lay it out really quick on the computer print it out, make just like 10 or 20 or something. Um, so, so yeah, like, you know, it's just kind of like a fun, uh, thing that I've always done. I should have done, I should have made more looking back, but, um, did you save any of them? Yeah, I have, I have like at least one copy of all the ones I've made before. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Were you, um, were you always into fashion as well? I kind of like, I don't even know if I want to, uh, I don't think I've ever really been into fashion. Yeah. I mean, like, on like a on like a very like like casual level, sure. Right. But right. and I like pay attention, you know. But um, I would never. I, I don't think I would ever describe myself as someone that was like into fashion. That sort yeah. of because <laughs> <laughs> like um, I it seemed like you always had like a pretty long time like close relationship with Supreme, and I definitely wondered like if that was eventually helpful or insightful when starting sci-fi? Um, well, my relationship to Supreme is really just because of my friends who work there. Um, and it was never in like, it's never been in like any like official way. Uh, but yeah, they, they um, I think like being in the store a lot and like looking at what they make and looking at the like variety of things that they make, um, it did help me, but, you know, sci-fi is so simple that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's something I might've sort of taken from all the things I like, you know, like maybe simpler is better. Uh, even though Supreme does, they, I mean, Supreme is, is, is in its own category, you know, they, they do so much. So, um, 
but they did help me a lot because like they were literally the first store that ever carried it and that was kind of like a oh wow you know that's, that's mm-hmm. yeah that's like a real uh <laughs> i mean i was pretty fortunate that that happened um and it was just the la store like my friend lucas was the buyer and he's like oh like this stuff's cool like let's you know let's put it in the store and i was like yeah okay because at that time i didn't even like know what it was yet i didn't i didn't know what i was doing at all it was just like i'll just make a few things here and there yeah i i mean yeah it's definitely a a a nice nod at that point um like you know supreme did a really fucking good job and just to have like product there even if your friends do work there is like it's probably exciting i i have a question here that i even wrote of like you know do you ever get excited to see people wear it like is that a thing that you do you get like psyched ever if someone sends you a photo and they're wearing it or they see someone yeah of course i mean that's it's so it's so gratifying and affirming. Like I saw a guy wearing it at the airport the other day and I was just like, Oh wow. Like that's so, that's so cool. Um, uh, I think like anytime, anytime anyone appreciates what you do, like it, mm-hmm. it does touch somewhere inside of you. That's very special. Like, um, you know, like the first time I ever saw someone riding a board, like my board to like seeing some guy at the airport with like a sci-fi hat or something, or just like all the people who send it in, like, to the Instagram or whatever, like every time I'm just like, Oh, this is like, this is so cool. You know, it's like you, anytime anyone appreciates what you do, you know, you get a little, like you get a little kick. (laughs) So of course I appreciate it. It's awesome. That never really gets old. I mean, um, it's such a basic appreciation that, that I appreciate, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, you know, nothing could be better. Sci-fi is so interesting too, because like you said, it's simple. And I feel like for, if, if people don't really know about skating like that, it's not attached to anything. And it's interesting, like I'll be on the subway and like a frat dude will have a sci-fi beanie on. And I just think it's cool that you produced a brand that could be um, maybe more all encompassing um, than like, uh even even supreme like there comes a connotation with it for example i think the most all-encompassing thing about sci-fi is just the words it's the name uh everybody everybody can kind of relate to this you know not only to me is it like nice to look at and nice to say Mm -hmm. but you know people always you know people who don't skate or have anything to do with it or don't know who i am or whatever they see if they see me wearing it they I get a lot of comments. It's just like, oh, like, you know, I like sci-fi fantasy, like, you know, and they, and <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me too. Uh, and, you know, I think it's just one of those things um, that is a part of our everyday lives that we see all the time. If we, you know, if you're a person who like consumes culture, like you're like, oh, like I, I have a connection to this thing like right away because like most people like sci-fi fantasy. And if not, it's sort of like, you know, you see it when you, sometimes when you see things on clothing that you wouldn't normally, like that, that's a very ubiquitous thing. Like you are connected to it in like a, a strange way. So I think that's kind of why you would see like a jock on the train wearing it, but also like a weird, like, you know, 
nerd with painted fingernails wearing it too. Like sure. it's sort of like a, it's a thing that speaks to a lot of people, just the name, like just the name alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but the name is kind of like funny because, uh, you know, I'll read blurbs about like, you know, like what it is and stuff. And, you know, like people will describe it as, you know, like it's an expression of my, like Jerry's love of the genre sci-fi fantasy. And like, I wouldn't really say that that's necessarily true. Like, obviously, like I love sci-fi and fantasy, but like, if you look at the company, it's like not, not, it's not really like what we do. And like a lot of people submit artwork that's very like, you know, like space or alien based and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, like, okay, like that's not really what I'm trying to do. So in that way, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I've always uh, thought that the uh, goal well, I guess it depends on the fucking brand. But in my mind, the goal of a brand name is to have something that would look good or sticks or like syllable-wise, whatever, but something that can't be contained to one idea of what the clothes should look like. Like I would want, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And I wanted to avoid that because like um, in the beginning when I started making stuff, it was very, it was very sci-fi based. It was very like, it's very like VHS eighties and like, um, like post-punk album cover type stuff. And I was like, Oh, like, um, I don't really want to be like one thing. That's very, right. That's, you know, that, that's sort of, that's such a trap. And so sure. Like I will, I will throw in things that, that, um, coincide with the name every once in a while, but like, um, yeah, it is. It is weird. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't start a company called like uh, Apples and then like I only make things with apples on them. You know, I, <laughs> so. That would be so uh, boring. <laughs> yeah. So, um, especially in in skating where like, you know, you, you do have to like evolve a lot. So mm-hmm. I realized like, oh, like if I, if I actually do this thing, I need to make it um, adaptable. Then, yeah, the name is, the name has its, problems but um but it has way more advantages yeah i i i think i read on your gq article that you had said that your wife actually was a person that kind of helped you with like the first graphics maybe for sci-fi and maybe even helping you figure out the name um she so what she did was like basically this was after i had like kind of stopped being like I kind of like quit my sponsors and was just like, oh, like I went, I was just depressed and I, I was very like, uh, didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And even in my like artwork, everything, everything would just came to a, to a grinding halt. And I remember just being like, man, like I, I really thought that doing all this would immediately make me creative and happy and productive, but I wasn't. And uh, my wife, just kind of was like, yo, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't stand you just like moping around all day. So basically the story is that she, she got me this notebook and she, she was like, Hey, just like, um, just like write down a bunch of names. Like, don't think about what they're for. Just kind of like, you're good at this. Just kind of, uh, just sort of write stuff down. Just don't think about what it's for. And so I did that. And as a skater, like, I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll, I'll like, I'll just think of like company names or whatever. So I wrote down a bunch of names, probably like 40 names. And then uh, I landed on sci-fi and um, 
so that was kind of her country that was her like first main contribution was just like hey like to kind of just like kick me a little bit right right um, yeah um and uh you know get me to do something um and then also just on kind of like a daily basis she helps me because uh, she's actually like she's extremely smart intelligent and fucking with it so like i i and she's very artistic too so yeah uh, she's actually a, she's actually a costume designer for movies yeah so I, she watched, has a, I saw that she like worked on book smart was that which is actually a mo- uh, movie me and my my girlfriend really love and i saw that she worked on euphoria too so i was I was curious. I think there was a film where there was even sci-fi clothes in it. I can't remember if it was Booksmart. Maybe a hat or a shirt or something. But uh, maybe she's she like sneaks stuff in sometimes. <laughs> Pretty fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, even on like a day-to-day level, like my wife is someone that I I show things to, and you know she's she's very honest let's put it that way she'll just be like yo like this is not it and i'll be like okay (laughs) uh so that's that's good it's it's hard on me like like critically i'm just like oh geez okay like i get it i hear you but um but no she's really good like she's she's like very trustworthy having a smart oh my god having a partner like that is the best especially because having like a bunch of yes men or yes women around you that I don't know are just going to tell you what you want to hear is not helpful when you're like really going through it or you want to start a something serious like a company yeah you don't want that in in any part of your life actually like yeah you need someone to kind of word you up I think like that's kind of like the whole thing about being with someone that like being with the right person is also being with someone that's going to be like yo like that, that you know just going back to challenge being challenged like you need someone there to be like hey like what you think right now um maybe you should consider this other point of view and like that's a that's like a nicer way to put it but like um having someone there to just be like yo like have you ever considered that your perspective is lacking a little bit like right. and that's that's sort of the best part about having you know just like a good fucking partner just tell you like hey like you know, it kind of just, you know, it's a cliche, but it does, if you accept what they're trying to do, you can be better. So I think that's important. And it, and it's definitely helped me because like listening to her, you know, it kind of helped me create this whole thing that I do now. So, cause I could have easily just been like, yo, like, no, I'm just going to be like this. <laughs> right. You know, I'm just like going to do nothing, like leave me alone. Mm-hmm. But I, um, she wouldn't let me like, you know, she wouldn't let me just like pity myself. Yeah. Oh, dude, that is, that's also someone that doesn't let you pity yourself is good because I mean, left to our own discretions, like we're just going to do that shit if we're not feeling well. So that's definitely important. Uh, y'all have been together like a real long time, right? Uh, yeah, we've been together for 12 years. Has that and we've um, been, has marriage changed? <laughs> anything for you i mean not really i mean like of course but like i think all the i think what it has done for me is just kind of like what i was just talking about is just uh like i had to like i think anytime that you're with someone who's honest with you like you're gonna have to face a lot of um uncomfortable realities about yourself and 
that's good. That's good for you. Because if you just kind of like sit in your own little bubble forever, like you won't ever get any better. So I think that's like kind of like the main thing that keeps happening is you're reminded that you need to be able to like listen to people, you know, and also it's in conversely, like it teaches you how to speak up for yourself too. And just be like, no, like, you know, this is what I want and this is what I need. And sometimes that's very hard for people. So, you know, if you find the right person, you can, you can navigate these, um, (laughs) these fucking like horrible human things that we have to do. (laughs) And uh, so as like a, like costume designer and, and doing design work, like, did she like teach you illustrator to make graphics or yeah that's another like so like incredible thing about her is like she took like one course of graphic design in college and when i started sci-fi i had zero ability to use illustrator um i mean i had used photoshop a lot for like my photo Mm -hmm. stuff but like illustrator is something that's completely different and she was like oh let me show you how to do this (laughs) and she like was like she she just taught me how to use it. And I was like, Oh, okay. And, uh, that's really cool that you know how to do that. <laughs> um, so convenient. that is, yeah, very, very convenient for me. Yeah. Um, but I think her, yeah, like her, her expertise isn't even, um, it wasn't even in like fashion or costume design or anything. She, she went to school, she went to school for, um, her major was sociology, which does help her obviously like creating characters and and understanding um people but uh it's funny like her path was also very kind of like like oh like i don't know what i'm doing and okay i'm good at this now i'm doing this and now she's very successful but uh yeah i mean it does help me because like she'll always send me stuff she's like hey this is like this is something you should do this is something that you should make or this is something you should fucking consider and that's like extremely, that's awesome to have just like oh, this cool. in-house, like this in-house creative. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like uh, behind the scenes, it's not the one man, like Jerry show. That's cool to know. Yeah. I mean, like no one, I mean, I don't think any, most people are not like a one man thing. That's ridiculous. Like, uh, especially when you're doing stuff like this, like it's, it's, um, it's always collaborative and it's important to embrace that as opposed to, you know, you can't like fight that. Uh, like I was saying earlier, it's just like, you need, you need to be able to absorb other people's opinions to sort of either challenge what you're doing or, or it affirms what you already felt, you know, yeah. it's kind of what you decide. What's like the best part for you as of recent as sci-fi has grown and had some years of maturity under its belt like what's the best part of being able to run it well i would say two things like the first thing is just having like total creative control that's wonderful because like you know being being sponsored for 20 fucking years or whatever it is the challenge of writing for companies that um were basically run by committee or or they're sort of had a more like corporate atmosphere um that's there, there was a lot of challenge in like doing all the things that we wanted. And there's always this fight, you know, like between like the creatives and like the other people who were involved the more like, uh, you know, it's like commerce versus creativity. So that like, so being able to just do whatever I want 
is pretty satisfying. And it's also nice. And I can really, really appreciate it because of going through all of that when I was younger. Right. Um, and the, and the second thing would just be able to like, like now I have like, now I sponsor people, which is like, that is very satisfying to be able to, you know, help people. Yeah, and like a new chapter for the, for the brand. Yeah. Like, um, and that really started with Aaron because before Aaron, uh, I didn't, I didn't really know I wasn't make like, I, I wasn't like planning on doing anything. I was just like, Oh, like I actually was like really, really on the fence about making skateboards. Um, mm-hmm. but then like I started, I, I started talking to her and I started sending her stuff and she like really loved it. And she was like, Oh, like, you know, I started, I made a couple boards and she was writing the boards and like, she was like, oh, like people like keep asking me if I ride for sci-fi. Right. And I was like, well, just, <laughs> and I was like, oh, just tell them that you do, you know, like, and that's kind of where it started. And then, um, yeah. So now like I have like a team, which is like kind of crazy, but, um, but that's all just sort of the natural progression of doing stuff yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I like, like FA, like Dill made FA stuff for eons before a team was conceived or anything like that i wonder for you though like uh, have you thought of things like like do you want to do like a video yeah i mean because like you know the riders are very interested in that i'm interested in that even though it's like pretty that's like scary to me but like of (laughs) course like uh yeah like that's just one of the sort of natural creative outputs of of having a skateboard company and um yeah i would love to do that how are you how are you deciding who to put on? Well, that's tricky because like first of all they have to be free and they have to be into it and I'm also like very shy like I'm not really like hey what's up like what like <laughs> you know like what are you doing like you you know like I, I'm not very good at that. So it's actually I have to like their skating and I have to like them and it has to kind of work with everybody else like picking people to be on a team is a very treacherous thing you know it doesn't always work out i've been on a lot of trips where like you know someone skating can speak for itself but you know once their personalities start interacting with everyone else's sometimes it's just like sometimes it's just like a fucking red light like it just stops right there first tour done so it's hard i mean that's why i took it really slow because like i think like you know um going slow has really kind of helped um all aspects of the brand because like you know back in the day before before like a person like me could just like start something by themselves it was different you know there there was like this whole model and this whole like you know uh gatekeeper type system and like that doesn't exist anymore ever since like fa and 917 sort of like and other so many other small brands those are just two examples but like once i once once you saw them do it by themselves you're like oh like you know, we don't need to do it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. I, um, are you, uh, are you planning to maybe, uh, poach anyone? Is Jerry going to be going out there trying to take anyone off any teams? I mean, probably not. I mean, who knows maybe, but like, I kind of doubt it. It's, it's sort of, I'm just not aggressive in that way. You know, like mm-hmm. there are, there are dream writers that I wish I could just be like, Hey, like, you know, <laughs> but like, dude, you know give me one example i mean i really can't because like uh 
it would it's just sort of that's just like a sticky thing it's just like a messy thing to just put out there yeah yeah yeah. Um, you know but uh yeah there's plenty of a lot of my friends you know a lot of people that i'm close to this game all the time but they have they have solid situations going on and also like you know sci-fi is so small like there's not exactly like a ton on the table that i can like offer them you know so like i i i can support them but you know what they got going on right now is is pretty sweet so you know that's why you kind of like for me i had it's more about like finding someone that's really new or finding someone mm -hmm. that just at the moment doesn't have anything um but honestly like building a like a big team is not really a priority it's like i like everything to be small and intimate yeah i was telling ryan um that it felt it, like it feels like the team is like a bunch of friends hanging out that just happen to be on the same team like it seems like you guys like going to a park and actually just skating together like friends um which is i'm sure really nice like a nice uh juxtaposition to the early years of that pressure i mean every every company that i've ever admired and that i've been a part of that uh really worked for me it operated under that um mm -hmm. you know that context so it seems like kind of like a no-brainer to just continue that that way of doing it um because it really shines through you know it really and it is such a like no-brainer like obviously you want it like skateboarding is so it's about so much of it is about community that like and even and like your own little micro community that um mm -hmm. that's what skaters want that's what i want yeah. so you know you know like just putting together like a super team that is just like kind of like that can be very entertaining in like an action movie type way but um not the the lack of intimacy is uh you know it's pretty off-putting to me yeah of course yeah like a like a primitive video is going to be like an avengers movie or something but uh that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna like like i don't know like the yeah and there, that is great <laughs> Yeah, and like and skateboarding, the, the spectrum of skateboarders is so wide that like, yeah, like there are going to be people that like really enjoy that and love that. And that's mm -hmm. totally fine. But from my perspective, like, yeah, that's like not what I care about. Even though I watch that stuff, too, just like oh, I watch I, Avengers I movies, you know, so like, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, so much can exist right now. And that's really cool. So much can exist and survive. Um, so that's kind of why sci-fi exists, you know, like it's just a timing thing. Right. What would you say would be like the hardest part uh, for you in running sci-fi? The, the pressure to continue being consistent. Like, uh, like, you know, like every time I, every time I do like a, like a line of stuff, uh, I have this, I have this like internal negativity that like, I'm just like, fuck, like this is, I really hope this doesn't flop. I really hope people still like this. Mm -hmm. um, there's just like this pressure that we were talking about earlier, you know, like the, the pressure of creating things and putting it out there. Uh, being on a calendar is very difficult for me because before sci-fi could operate, like when it was more of a like garage band um, size thing, it was just like, oh, like I can just do this whenever. I'll just put it out whenever. Right. But yeah. then once it but once it became like a business where I had to have a calendar and I had to like have X amount of things done on a certain date so it can be made and shipped and sold to skate shops, like you know, like 
that was hard. Like I, that's a, that, that's sort of a, a negative uh, byproduct of being a pro skater since I was a kid, since I was like 16, is that like, I didn't really have, I had, I had lost all structure. Like there's, we're, we were so like, we were so like just left to our own devices and like, it's just, it's up to you, you know, like, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no one really there to, you know, like, like if you fail, you fail, we're going to kick you off. But like, there's no like, okay, like there's no Monday to Friday, there's no clock really. Right. So uh, unfortunately that's something that I've had to kind of fight for as like an adult in this world is like, Oh, like I, I don't know how to manage my time very well. Um, and I think that's a lot, that's, 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 another, that's, it's so funny because that's another aspect of like being married now to like a person who's had jobs and went to college and like all, and it's just like a very organized person. Right. She looks at my wife looks at me and she's just like, wow, like, <laughs> like you don't know how to do anything. Like, <laughs> like you're a smart guy, but like you, you don't, you don't know how you you've never had a job like you don't you didn't go to college not that you need to go not that you need to go to college or anything but it's just like you haven't experienced this world like most people so of course normal stuff is going to be difficult for you um so that's just kind of a thing that i've had to learn and um it's just a a part of my life that is so chaotic because even now like uh, i'm I'm the owner, so I can just be like, oh, like, I'm not going to do that, you know, like, or yeah. it's just not, it's not, it's, it'll be ready when it's ready. And that's like, really, I really should not uh, abuse that right too much because it, it makes me a lot worse. <laughs> um, but that's what having like the people that I work with, like, they're really awesome because they're, they're sort of, um, they're helping me manage my time. Time management is very difficult with running a company and like yeah. being the type of person that I am. When I'm creative, I'm creative. And when I'm not, I'm fucking not. I'm, there's mm-hmm. just nothing coming out of me. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be the hardest part. And just, and just dealing, so that would be the hardest part in addition to just dealing with like my own insecurities and just being so neurotic about stuff. And if I could just tone that down and tone the other stuff up, I think I could be a little bit better, but yeah, the, I mean, those are really the hardest parts. Everything else is great. Like everything else is awesome, but just living in like a normal world, like I'm just like, fuck, like I'm so spoiled. I think that's like a, a thing about pro skating that when you're in it, you don't quite understand it. But then when you're like, and I threw myself into this world, like I could have just like continued doing that for probably a long time, mm-hmm. but I was really just kind of like, um preventing my own growth and i was just kind of sick of that it's interesting too like talking about like you not having a job and stuff and like you were probably learning a lot of discipline through skating and uh but your discipline like you would kill yourself to land a trick so it's like clearly you have a level of tenacity that because like there's no due date for a trick unless a video deadline i guess is coming but like so clearly if you want something, you're the type to fully do it. Yeah. I mean, like in, in that way, yes. But I was definitely the type of person that was like, okay, like we're going here Saturday. We're meeting there at 10 AM. I want you and you there. And I did have like this level of organization in my mind about like how I was like making the part. 
but that is so different than the type of discipline that I'm talking about. That that was more of a like I'm enslaved by something that I'm passionate about, and yeah. like I I can't I can't like live another day until I do this, or I've exhausted every fucking part yeah. of myself to yeah. try to do it. And that type of discipline, like that's sort of like that type of like persistence. I don't know if I could ever achieve that in anything else I do because skating is unique in that way where like it reaches this point of obsession, especially like as a pro skater, like I was given everything to be able to just focus on, on skateboarding. Mm -hmm. And I was very lucky in that way where like, Oh, like, I can just think about tricks. That's it. People do like to romanticize skateboarding, like, oh, it teaches you so much, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, but it also, it teaches you things in a way that it's so self-centered. And that's really good for skating, but it it's really bad when that ends, you know, when skating ends and it ends for everyone pretty much, or it never <laughs> even begins, you know, like, so... I talk about this a lot, or I think about this a lot, which is like skating is such a gift, but mm -hmm. it can also like take so much away from you. Mm -hmm. um, just norm, just like like everyday stuff. I see so many memes about like <laughs> like dating skaters and how like awful it is. Oh, those are amazing! Like, All those, are yeah. So and I'm good. and I'm just like, yeah. I mean, that is that's fucking true because like you know, just who wants to date like a sixteen year old forever? you know like no one wants to no one wants to do that. my girlfriend um, makes me die sometimes when she talks about like how me and my friends are if we're like in our like little pack mentality talking about like skate tricks that have happened like because objectively it's fucking crazy like it's so hilarious but also objectively it's not unlike everything else that people are into like Mm -hmm. My wife will just be like, I don't know how you can remember what some guy did on something right, in 1998 and like what, what song was playing and what they were wearing and whatever. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, well, I mean, you have knowledge, you have like knowledge about stuff like that too, that you talk about with your friends. It's, it's just really, but skateboarding, I think skaters can be like a little extra about it. So maybe it's a little bit worse but um i mean it just comes with the territory because like skateboarders are nerds so it's kind of like duh they're they're just gonna obsess over these small things and it's enjoyable it's enjoyable for us so you know like if i can put up with everybody else's obsessions i think like people should be able to put up with skaters like it's uh it's not really that different from anything else whatever you're into i mean like you know it's it's no worse than like musicians who know everything about music it's no worse than if you love books all you talk about is books like you know it's the same shit once you get a lot of people once you get a group of people together that are all obsessed with the same thing like yeah they're <laughs> they're gonna become fucking annoying so there's this funny thing my my girlfriend says as someone outside of skating but like all her friends skateboard um that she was like if someone skates switch more than regular or uh, almost better than regular is it really switch what do you think of that there's no question that switch is switch also i don't think anyone is better at skating switch 
you can be better at certain tricks switch because it's it feel it's a it's kind of a completely different trick but it's always it's always the the wrong way it's always like the unnatural way to do it the way i mean the way that i like the way that i experienced skateboarding there's no way that skating switch is easier only certain tricks can be easier right um like turning like, your body or like yeah yeah like i mean like maybe you're better at switch crooked grinds or maybe you're better at like a switch front switch up, like a front, switch front 360 or something like that. But just because it's more comfortable for your body. So you're better at that trick switch. But if you're, if you're going to bomb a hill, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you're going to like, yeah. if you're going to like do something scary or difficult, like you're not really going to, and there's no like stakes. You're not like filming or anything. It's not like you're going to just like be like, Oh, like maybe you'll do it for like excitement, but, but you're inherently doing it because doing it switch is more difficult. So, uh, yeah, I think that I don't agree with that argument. <laughs> Cause at a point I was getting so comfortable skating goofy that I eventually was like, fuck, maybe I should have been goofy. Uh, but I agree with you. I have so much more power in my in my right foot to pop. Uh, and it's like, I pop higher switch, but I think it's because the dexterity I have with my right like foot to extend that out maybe is better. Yeah, I think that you're, I think that you're right. I can't think of any person who would ever argue that skating switch can be easier. It's only certain things that you might be better at or more comfortable, but like in general, I just think no way because you are naturally one way. Like you are, you are born with a lead foot of, you know, like there is a, there's a dominant side of your body and mm -hmm. that is, that is the side. I mean, you can like, <laughs> you could like put someone in a cage and like force them to skate switch their whole life. But once they, once they try it the other way, they'll be like, Oh, whoa, this is like, this is nice. This is completely, this is completely different. Yeah. Do you yeah. have favorite, do you have like favorite switch skaters? Favorite switch skaters? Uh, let's see. Wow. I'm drawing a total blank, but there are so many. Anthony Van uh, yeah. Anthony Van England is great. Uh, like Keenan. Um, oh my God. There are, there are so many good switch skaters. Um, I'll say that uh, the first person that I saw skate switch a lot, which was very influential was Salman Aga. And that's like, you know, that has a very like San Jose thing, but he is, he is kind of the guy, I think in general. Um, but one person I will mention right now is, uh, Brian Peacock, who like, I saw a video part of him, like before he kind of blew up, but I honestly, for the first two minutes of it, I couldn't tell. I honestly yeah. couldn't tell which way he skated. It was, yeah. it was so hard to understand this person. I was like, this is unbelievable. I, I, you know, I've been watching skating for however many years and I like, can't tell what this dude is. That was pretty cool. I was like, yeah. that was, I was like, cause rarely am I surprised by like a, a person skating like that. I was like, Whoa, like this, this guy, he's so perfectly natural looking both ways. Mm -hmm. There's like no one like that. Yeah. Um, he's super good. He has also great style either way, which I think helps. Um, like it'd be hard to distinguish. Yeah. He, like I said, like it, it looks so natural both ways. I, I was 
like so stunned by it. Yeah, there's there's so many good switch skaters. How do you I, even tell? Do you do you tell by like f- how like their foot placement? Is that like how you try to tell if you can't? I don't know. It's just it's just sort of like a sort of a general sort of like it's their shoulders, it's um, it's their arms, it's everything. It's their foot placement. You can just kind of like uh, you know Brian Peacock excluded. Like you can. <laughs> In general, in general, you can you can just tell like it's it's really how their how their bodies are, how they hunch. It's just kind of like a a thing that you recognize, you know. Like mm-hmm. you're like, okay, like this this is switch. So you, yeah. you, you <laughs> like how your personal like skating looks now. I remember you said that people critiqued like your style when you were younger. Only sometimes, I think. Like the way I see my skating is. Uh, obviously going to be a lot different than the way other people see it. But like, I've definitely gotten more comfortable with it over the years, but I mean, sometimes I'll see something that I did and I'm I'm just like, ew, you know, like, and that's always, and that's like always happens. It's a skate feeling Um, though for any skater. Sure. It's just like, it's just like, you know, it's just like seeing a photo of yourself. You're like, Oh, like that's not how I want to look. Right. Yeah. But, but there's, there, there's no way for you to, uh, there's nothing really you can do about it. You know, you can like change the way you look, you can kind of do little adjustments, but, um, in skating, like there's nothing worse than when you spot someone that you can tell is trying too hard to, to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. I think like skaters can really spot that shit. And, um, it's always just best to, just skate the way you skate like you know really don't i mean obviously like the people evolve and people like you know people's styles like change over time but uh yeah that's just that's just the that's just like the the weird narcissism that we all experience where we're like oh like you know like ew like that's not how i want to look that's not but you know what the fuck are you going to do about that <laughs> there's right. nothing you can do um so i've become like way more comfortable with it um and I think it's kind of helped because like, I think like if you watch anybody that you can tell is sort of in, in, in anything, not just skating, but if you see someone that you can kind of spot their sort of nervousness or insecurity or that they're uncomfortable. And especially with something that's so like physical and aesthetic as skating, like, you know, that's really going to hurt your skating. If you're just thinking too much about it, you know, it's just like everything else where mm-hmm. when when you watch someone who can do something and they look comfortable, it's always going to be more enjoyable. So I think, you know, for anyone out there who is like um, experiencing those feelings, it's just like, just try to fucking relax because that's really the best thing you could do. How do you do that also at like the, the high level of skating that you were doing? Like, like, like switch hard flip, like alley-oop over a rail, like, down a set of stairs or something like are you thinking about style if you're rolling away from that like are you gonna do it again if you didn't like how you looked in it um depending on the situation yes i will do it again i'll do it until i'm happy or i can't or i'm just like so destroyed that i can't but landing the trick is a little bit takes a little bit more priority than how you look doing it like Mm -hmm. uh because yeah i think I think when you're doing something at that level, there's just no space in your mind to worry about um, 
how it's going to look. I think like every time, like, for example, like I will look at a situation, like I want to try this, do this thing. And one question that I, the first question I ask myself is if I can do it. And the second question is, should I do it? Because is this going to look good? Is this right. going to come, come across? And I have to just consider those two things. And, but the, whether I can do it or not is a little bit more important because, um, well, I don't know. I mean, they're pretty close actually, but like, I've learned that in skating, like if you don't, if you're going to look like shit doing it, or if it's just not going to translate correctly or the way that you want it, like, just don't do it. Because, um, like, for example, like I could be one, a person can be like really good at a trick. Like they do it every fucking try, but if they don't really look good doing it, then that's a choice you have to make. If you're going to like film it and show it, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just because you're good at something doesn't mean that it's going to be appreciated. <laughs> so like, those are the types of things that I have to like think about. Um, yeah. But, but if I'm like, but if I'm like trying something, like if I were to be trying something that was like, you know, really fucking difficult or dangerous or whatever, like I can't really think too much about like what my style is going to look like. You just don't really think about that. Like you think about all the stuff that I mentioned right there, but I mean, I'm not like in the air, like trying to like understand how I look. Um, I'm just yeah, like trying to catch, arm. I'm just trying to catch this fucking flip trick and land it. Like yeah. I'll deal with everything later. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are so many variables involved with doing a, a, a like filming a trick on that level that like, that's what makes it so hard is all, all the things that you have to think about and all the things that you have to not think about at the same time. So being obsessed about like, if you're, that's why, like, if I go out skating and like, if my like pants aren't working or like, if I'm looking down at my shoes and I'm just like, I look gross today. I don't feel comfortable. You know, like I just have to like call it at that point. I just be like, yeah, like I'm yeah, sorry, but like it, that. you know, mm -hmm. that's like, it's like, that's like such a thing that skaters have to deal with. I guess I'm like, on the more neurotic side, which is the side that I fall onto. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like that stuff matters everything because like, dude, like you're doing something that's so fucking difficult and there's so much chance involved that like everything, everything that you can control needs to be fucking set. It needs to be just like good to go. Because if you're thinking about like, right. If you're thinking about like the color of your socks, like just fucking just hang it up, dude. Like, like go home and change your socks. Cause like, it's just not going to work. You might get lucky or whatever, but like if if you're getting, if you're the skaters are too like obsessive and crazy to like <laughs> to deal with shit like that. Me, I can only speak for myself, really, but everything needs to be right. If there's like a fucking like little dirt thing on my grip tape, oh my god! Like when I when I was like the most neurotic, like because I'm less like that now, but like when I was like filming at that level, and if like if there was like a fucking thing on my grip tape, I would just be like, I. I have to, I have to set up a new board. Like it yeah. was, I was crazy. It, it really is like that. I mean, I know it's not to the level of this, but like, I think after like, like it came for, came for that, like, like Reynolds was dealing with like intensive OCD and like all the ticks of it. But like so many other skaters deal with that level of trying to clear their head before a trick of that magnitude. I must, I, it must be that way. Uh, so yeah, I believe it. You're like, you look down, you're like, I'm going home. <laughs> I can't even yeah. try this. Yeah. I mean, like, 
like Andrew's stuff is like well documented, but he's not even the worst. Like, uh, you know, like I've, I've seen people do things that even I was like, wow, like I am so glad I don't live in the prison that you live in because mm -hmm. I can, I can at least, you know, like, because <laughs> I've been around people where I was, I was so shocked and impressed by their level of like neuroses about it. I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, how do you even do this? But uh, yeah, like there's so much like obsessive compulsive disorder that happens in skating because, you know, like I said earlier, there's just like, there's so many variables involved that you can't control or that you lose control over or that you can't like, like you can't, um, you can't summon it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing about skating that's so difficult, I think, is like, you can't just call upon it. It's not like a, a spell. You can just be like, blah, blah, blah. There it is. Like, you'll just be like, on Monday, you're just, you don't even have to try. It's like all there. And then on Tuesday, you're just like, wow, everything has been taken away from me. What the yeah. fuck? Like, I, no, I, I do not understand this. And um, yeah, that's just like, a, that's like a thing that um, all skaters have to deal with. It's very frustrating. But it, you know, but that's just a part of the thing we do. It's, it's a very difficult thing to manipulate. So it just comes with, uh, I think like skaters just have to understand that you are different every day. Like that's what I had to tell myself all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, because like once I started to like freak out and be like, you know, and all skaters experience this, they're just like, why the fuck can't I do this? Yeah. And it's because you're not, you're just not who you were yesterday. You'll be, you'll be that person again, but you, you just can't do it today. And I had to go through a lot of that to understand. Yeah. I think I realized that I always wondered like why people cared so much about line skating when I was younger. And I think I realized that like, uh, that's like a lot of it, like that thought process that you were just talking about, like, cause you got to have a lot of things working right to do that many things right. in in like quick succession or, or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's a there's such an appreciation that exists for line skating because of that reason. You know, not only is it more difficult, but there's also like such a pleasure involved with like watching a line. And yeah. because like yeah. you, you know, it it showcases like the subtleties of, of skating that aren't present in like you know like kick flipping twenty stairs. You yeah, know, like there's tricks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like there's, you know, like the way you push, the way you get to things. Also, it's about the curation too. Like, oh, what is this person choosing to do? And what is this combination gonna yield? Like, is it gonna be pleasing? And it's just, it's just so nice when it works well. You're just like, oh, wow, they really made some like beautiful choices here. So that's like another part of line skating that I really appreciate is just like, um, it's because it's what the skater is choosing to do as opposed to like 10, 10 single tricks in a row. Like that's just like the editor being like, okay, this is what's going to work. But line skating is like, it's very, you're very in the skater's head with that. So that's, that's something that I appreciate. Yeah. Were you always uh, super good at flat ground skating? I know that you have like such a weird niche tricks. I don't know if you feel that way, but I, I remember seeing you like, you were pissed at not landing something. And then I think you did like a crazy front foot impossible type thing. And 
It's like this man has so much inside of him that he can do that like people probably do not know about except his friends. Yeah, I guess so because like, you know, um when I started skating, I uh I experienced a lot of confinement because, you know, my parents they didn't really they wanted me to come straight home after school. It was really hard for me to like go out skating with my friends, and so like I would just skate in my garage and like try to learn everything. And at that time too, like I was uh, you know, I was trying to emulate certain skaters and I was trying to and also like my brain at that time that was just like I was so obsessed with tricks. I was just so obsessed with like learning tricks that um I guess it just kind of stuck, you know. I think like if if I grew up at like if I grew up at like a skate park with like bowls and hips and all that stuff like I probably would have right. been that that would be more natural to me, but I grew up in a fucking garage. So <laughs> like I I think like you know, that's just sort of a result of, you know, of my environment, you know, and what I was kind of like forced to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it kind of just stuck. And plus it just, it's just fun. It's just fun to be able to do like really weird flip tricks. Yeah. Are are both your parents software engineers? Uh, yeah, they were, they're retired now, but, uh, my parents are, they were both born in Taiwan and they came to the United States, uh, like for college to get their master's degrees, uh, in computer science. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they were, they were software engineers my whole life. And, are you a, uh, are you a mama's boy? I do. I do love and adore my mom, but, uh, I don't know. I, I actually don't know exactly what you mean. <laughs> It was just a general like overstep. Um, <laughs> I I I'd watch it epically later a long time ago, but I had rewatched it and like you like came in your house, and you're like excited to see your dad, and you're like chatting with your dad, and you're like you have to see my mom. And you were like talking a lot more with your mom in the video, and it seemed the way the video presented it that you had like a very special, more special bond with your mom, perhaps. Well, I, I mean, I would say that I do have a stronger bond with my mom just because you know my father is just a little bit more difficult to connect with there is no way that that man would like get on camera and talk you know what i mean like uh so you know he's he's just he's just a he's just a stoic man so you know like huh seems sweet though very sweet man yeah yeah he's just he's just less he's just less expressive he's not less emotional he's just he's just uh he's just a quiet um introverted guy and my mom is a little my mom is just she's just warmer and more um i can talk to her a little bit easier but um yeah as far as like being a mom's boy i don't i don't really think so i just kind (laughs) of uh (laughs) i think like it's presented in a way that that part was really presented in a in a way where my i was closer to my mom which is true but uh yeah, like, like that she was the most important, you know, like it was like, well, we got to get some moments with Jerry and his mom here, but it was still, like, yeah, she's, super sweet. she's also just a, yeah, she's also just a funny lady. So <laughs> it's more trans, it just translates better on camera, I guess. Do you have your parents, do you think like, do you think they've like loved your transition into now like working and owning sci-fi and like kind of stepping out of skating? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say that they, they like that more because, um, it was always very difficult for them to understand skateboarding. And, um, I think like, 
you know, I think just me not being a professional skater is, is more comfortable for them because they were also just really concerned for my well-being, you know, like, um, cause I got hurt a lot as a kid and they were always very, very worried. And, um, they, they wanted me to quit like, you know, for years and years and years. So, and I don't blame them for, you know, not really being able to comprehend like what was happening. It was all, it was always very confusing for them, but they, they were always supportive, but it was very difficult for them to process my life. Um, but they're supportive. They're very, they're very cool about it now, but growing up was fucking different. Growing up the children of immigrants, it's very difficult to do a lot of things seamlessly, especially like, and being, being like a pro skater was probably more on the very difficult side. Yeah. It's so crazy. They're probably like, what the fuck does he want to do? What is it? Yeah. They, they really did not want me to do it. Um, it caused a lot of problems for sure, but they're, you know, they're totally fine with it now. But, um, yeah, I mean, up until I was about like 25, you know, I think after I bought a house, they were finally like, all right, this fool's like not going to college. He's, this is his life and we're going to stop bugging him. (laughs) And that's what it takes. That's what it takes sometimes, you know, you'd have to like do something like that. Did you live close to one another? Or were they just like calling you and being like, hey, are you still doing that thing? I I lived in San Jose till I was about 29. So oh, okay. we always lived, we always lived within like 20 to 25 minutes from each other. Nice. So I was never really that far away. We're not really like a check-in with each other all the time type family, which is very, which is very, I think, like different in my culture, you know, in the culture that I come from. Because, you know, especially when you're the children, when, when you're, when your family are immigrants, like, I think like family is, you know, it's not more important, but it's, it's just like, there is this extra level of, um, like community that exists and, uh, there's this extra level of like connection, but I, I was different. I, I, I like kind of, and they're different too. I realized when I, when I was, as an adult, I realized that like, oh, like, you know, everyone on the spectrum of like Asian parents in America, like they're way on the cool side because I, I think like, you know, a lot of my friends, some of my friends just quit skating because their parents told them to, you know, my Chinese friends Whoa. or my Asian friends or whatever. So that's pretty heavy. Um, yeah. And, and I, I just fought, I just fought until I got out, you know, <laughs> did you move out young? I moved out when I was like 18, like right when I could, I could have moved out earlier, but um, I just didn't. I mean, being a teenager, that was a very, very difficult time in my family. And I kind of look back with like a small amount of regret because like I did just kind of take off. I was just like, I turned 18, I made money from skating and I just like, I just took off and um, I took care of myself. And that was really hard for my parents, especially my mom, because like, they come from a culture where you don't move out until you're married, basically, right. you know, like that's the, that's the world they come from. That's the norm. And so me just kind of like having all this complete autonomy and just being like, okay, like peace. That was very difficult because I was on my own journey, you know, like I was being yeah. so selfish 
and um, focusing on what I wanted because that's what I wanted. And also like there was this extra level of like, I need to forge my own path, you know, like, and I don't care what I destroy along the way because, you know, that's how teenagers think. Right. Um, but um, yeah, uh, that overcompensation, I kind of look back on it. I'm like, oh, like I could have been a little bit more, you know, a little less focused on myself because it did kind of like, it's like still to this day, like, like now I'm, I'm kind of like, like, Oh, why doesn't my mom call me ever? Like, or why doesn't like my dad call me ever? Like, it seems like there's this, and my brother too, like, Oh, like this, this connection. And it's because I taught them that I didn't want them right. to interfere yeah, yeah. with my life. Exactly. So that's something that I kind of am like, <laughs> I always complain you about it. Wife, it. You gotta, yeah. 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 Yeah, my wife's always like, well, why don't you just stop complaining about it and like call them? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then I just Maybe. don't do it. But finding skateboarding just did that. I was just like, oh, like, and I'm so lucky in this way that like, okay, like I can just like, I can completely take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there was just something so satisfying about that. And I just ignored all, like a lot of little things that had to do with, uh, you know, my family, which kind of sucks in retrospect, but also maybe that's just what I needed. I don't know. It's interesting to like reflect back on something so long ago, but like that tenacity and being selfish and like kind of skating, teaching that selfishness or like you wanting to pursue that passion is like what got you to where you are. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, reconciliation that a person has to do when like what you want comes at a cost. So you kind of like, Oh, it's rationalized. Like, Oh, like I was so hard on myself and I was so negative and I was, I was, I was such a perfectionist, but, and it, and it cost me so much, but like, look where it got me. It's just sort of a way that people deal with. with um, well, they just, they just sort of like, it's just how you deal with like certain failures. You know what I mean? Like uh, you, you're like, okay, well now, now I'm in this position. And it's so great, but it did cost a lot on the way. And, you know, that's, that's sort of like a thing my wife always asks me is she's just like, why are you so hard on yourself? Like, why are you so, why do you criticize yourself? Why are you so this way? And I become defensive. I'm just like, well, it's, it's how I got here. And like, it's how I like got all this shit. So leave me alone. But, you know, she's actually like, more right than I want to admit at the time because you can let go of that a little bit and appreciate yourself because you can get to a point where you just can't appreciate anything that you do you know like it it can really get out of control it's just something you really need to reel in and that's I wish someone was there to tell me that earlier yeah you know like and but I I also come from that culture where like work hard don't don't ask any questions. Don't, don't rock the boat. You need, you know what I mean? Like I don't come from a culture that celebrates individualism. I come from a culture that, that is more like honor and family and community based. So like growing up American, that was very, very difficult to reconcile like with my family. It's just like, why are you so obsessed with yourself and what you want? You know? And, um, that's very difficult to, uh, you know, deal with. And then like later in life, you can take that so far that you can't even appreciate yourself anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
that's another aspect of like being obsessed with skateboarding can damage you. And perhaps like sci-fi can be this outlet and obviously your photography too, but like sci-fi could be this level of like reconciliation for those feelings you were just saying, but also like the things of the skate world that started to become an issue for you or like were an issue to start with. Yeah. Because like, I, I can't like, I can't fix skateboarding, No, but I can fix, but I can fix how I experience it and I can fix what I contribute to it. So yeah, you're right in that way where like with sci-fi, like I'm not trying to like change the world. I'm trying, I'm not trying to change skating because no one person can do that, but I can, I can make something that um, is me and um, I can, you know, I can contribute, but yeah, like I'm not trying to, (laughs) I'm not trying to change anything really. Listen, thank you so much for like agreeing to do this and sitting down with me. It was fucking really exciting. I've definitely tried to like be chill the whole time. Like you're like my favorite skater ever. And thank you. Thanks. It was just, yeah, man, I fucking wanted to learn how to skate switch because of you. I was like, wait, this is all switch? And, <laughs> you know, like I remember first time learning how to switch lip and like that feeling of being like, oh my God, there's this whole other world of skating. Um, yeah, there is this. Yeah, I know. There, learning how to do skate switch, it does open up like another, it's like, like every secret, like a secret world. Like even a switch board slide just feels so different like a simple trick like but it's amazing yeah but i i just appreciate you being down to do it yeah thank you yeah it's been my pleasure safe swing